1: Today's woman of impact spent the majority of her school years feeling misunderstood for her enthusiasm, quirks, and expressions. So at 19, she found the courage to leave her small town in Canada, finding herself in the only place her visa would allow her to work. Japan. Lost in translation with just $40 in her pocket, her first home was a shack, housing 14 other foreigners and a handful of absolutely welcoming cockroaches. (laughs) But this foreign place gave way to an awakening. For the first time, she was truly discovering the beauty and radiance of a woman's erotic nature. And within four years, she was earning more money than her parents combined as a showgirl, model, dancer, and spokesperson on TV, magazine covers, runways, billboards, movies, and music videos. That was until she fell head over heels in love with a dark, handsome multimillionaire. But... He wasn't Richard Gere, she wasn't Julia Roberts, and the movie doesn't end with It Must Have Been Love playing as he pulls up in a limousine and saves her. Now, living in New York, she found herself lost and overwhelmed with self-doubt, believing that his net worth made him more worthy than her. And just like when the big bad wolf huffed and puffed, her walls came tumbling down finding herself a motherless single mother in a custody battle over her son, leaving her $250,000 in debt. She lost her house, her car, and in the end, her custody battle. She even candidly admits that she came close to losing her faith altogether. Until finally, one day, one day she chose to take full responsibility for her choices. She took ownership. She took back the reins of her life. Now an intimacy expert, author, celebrity coach with over 4 million views on YouTube and host of the edgy podcast, Intimate Conversations, today's Women of Impact is inspiring vulnerability and courage in all of us. From love to sex to relationships to self-love, she is called upon as a guest expert for the Jenny McCarthy show, Huffington Post, People magazine and forms just to name a few. Yes, it's safe to say this woman is showing us that it all begins with honoring yourself, embracing yourself and nourishing yourself. So please help me in welcoming the woman who teaches us to celebrate the feminine, our bodies, minds and sexual choices. The woman who pole dances for pleasure and like the Vatican to the Pope, she describes it as her church. The Michael Phelps of intimacy, the wonderfully intimate, Elena Pratt.
0: Wow. I just want to jump in your lap right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you for that beautiful introduction. You've done your homework. That your life is incredible mm. and your story and what you've had to overcome and learn has been so inspiring.
0: Mm, thank you. And so
1: what I want to start is you're in Japan. Yeah. You're very broke. You sent you said that you um went from basically feeling like a victim to just embracing life. Mm. Tell me about that specific transition.
0: Well, arriving with $40, I remember getting to the club and we get on the stage and it's the first time I ever wore fishnets and a G-string. And I thought, I'm in charge of my life. It's not because dad got me the job. It's not uh, my status or anything. It's like my courage got me this. My willingness to risk got me this. My willingness to not give up on myself and go back home and say I failed. And it was the beginning of such an empowering time where beauty wasn't just skin deep. Mm. Beauty was this radiance from within, this belief in ourselves from within. There was this in me, as me, through me co-creation with the divine that I'd never experienced when I was just trying to do it right in my head, when I was just seeking approval. Mm. Something was happening literally in me, like this embodiment. And it was juicy. And it felt like I was enough no matter what the outcome was. What got you to that very specific thought then it wasn't even a, um, a thought. It was almost like I thought everything in the world happened from the chin up. I thought you had to figure it out, do it right, look good. I thought it was all mind-based. I had no idea that there was this world beneath my chin, my heart, my gut, my, my pussy. There was this whole world inside my body that I didn't know existed. And it was way bigger than just a few brain synapses in my mind. And it connected. I don't, I make this joke sometimes with my clients, speak with your other set of lips. (laughs) Because if you speak with this set of lips, it's so close to the brain, which so easily can go into fear, doubt, you know, questioning ourselves. But the other set of lips, it's, that's near the womb of creation. That's in the dark. That's where you're literally creating out of nothing. That's where you're creating with, with limitless possibility. And then it moves up through your first, second chakra to your power center. Not power, over out of fear the the capacity to choose the capacity to like how do I choose to impact the world and then you bring it up into an open heart not a closed heart and shame Mm. but through an open heart and these chakras and this energy would build and by the time it came out of my mouth in in a in a in something to say there was like a resonance like a velvety resonance because it started someplace beyond my identity it started someplace beyond this Alana Pratt. It was this timeless place. And as I began to speak from there and and move from there and choose from there, I didn't feel as scared. I didn't feel so concerned with the outcome. I felt full before I already began. And it was it almost was a place of contribution, not in trying to control the outcome. And so it was actually through movement. And through dance and through taking action from this deeper place, Mm. not action from a gotta get it done to look good, do it right place, it was an embodiment that allowed this to change. I remember once even being in Thailand, I think I was like 22, and I remember walking along the beach, and I think I'm an attractive woman, but back when I was 21, I had like no cellulite, no babies, no stretch marks, no cellulite, like really a perfect little body, but I was so insecure. So, so comparing myself to everyone else. I couldn't still, even though I was more empowered than ever, I still would compare. I would, uh, she was better. She was prettier. She was going to get the guy before me. She was going to get the contract before me. I was still coming from, I need to control the outcome in order to be an, enough. So there I was, Copenhagen. And there was a beach. It was about three miles long. And I just had this little f- floss G-string on. And I was committed. I was going to walk up and down that goddamn beach. Until I stopped comparing myself to others, stopped worrying about what others thought. Mm -hmm. And could I have a complete moment of oneness with the earth, with the beach, with the waves, with the sun, and just come home? And I walked the beach a lot. It was many a day that Mm -hmm. I walked back and forth and back and forth, topless, in a little g-string, walking, walking. Until one day as I was turning back, I can still remember it like it was yesterday because it was about sunset. And I turned around. And I said, this is it. This is the time. I'm done. And as I walked and the sun was setting and all the like the mist from the, the water and the, the sand and my toes, and I just decided I'm just going to fall in love with myself now. I'm just going to have communion with the divine now. I'm just going to come home to the beauty of our bodies. Every woman is equally beautiful. We're just different flowers in a garden. And I'm like, okay, embodiment. And loving self, seeing self as beauty and you as beauty and all women as beauty. Is this what you're repeating in your head as you're walking? Yep. In our brain to really make something sink in. It's not just the thought. It's four elements. The thought, the image, the emotion, and the body sensation. When you have four elements locked in, then it's really in there. It's also how you get rid of a trauma. Or an emotional trigger. You can't just talk about it all day. It's not enough, right? You can't just have a good cry. It's not enough. You've got to get all four elements to dissolve it or to create it. So there was something about walking, so I was moving. I was feeling the emotions. I was feeling the body sensations. I was seeing the earth. I was seeing all these other people. I was thinking, I am beauty herself. Like it was all of these elements, like back and forth and back and forth until I had that lock-in on all four elements in different reality. Different realities. So you don't need to go to Thailand and walk up and down the beach topless because that's the way the brain works. You can do it in your imagination, Mm-mm. and it'll happen for you.
1: But I want to go to like it's hard if you've already got self esteem issues yeah. to go topless, wear a g string, and not only are you walking the beach, you walk up and down right because there's one thing going. All right, I'm going to take off my robe. I'm going to quickly throw it off, walk quickly to the other end, throw it back on, and move. And just say that I did it. But you going back and forth, back and forth, days. How do you start it? Like, imagine someone right now is listening and watching, and they're just petrified to take that first step. What advice would you give people right now that are watching and desperate to take that first step, but they're so petrified? Yeah. I'll tell you what, My answer will be a story. Love story. So,
0: so I'm 16 in Canada, and this guy moves in around the corner. And his mother has just died, and he's new to my high school, so we start to walk to school back and forth. So I've known him for about ten months or so, and he um, was going to come out to the lake that summer. And my girlfriend arrives, and she's like, "James is dead," and I'm like, "Oh, stop it, you guys! You guys always play tricks on me." And her parents walked in behind her. No, James is dead. Lisa, my cat hadn't died. My grandma hadn't died. Nobody died. I didn't know people died, and here it was, our best friend was dead. And I remember running into the cabin and going, Mom, James is dead. Uh, That didn't make any difference. So then I ran up. We were right on a highway, two-lane highway. And I ran up onto the highway, and I just ran down the yellow line. And, And then I turn around, and my dad walks down the yellow line, and he grabs my shoulders. And he goes, look, there is life after death. You will see him again. Life is eternal. Now, my dad was a drunk and stoned all the time, dude, someone I never trusted, never believed Mm. in, but he was there for me in that moment. And I don't know why. Maybe it was angels whispering in my ear, but it was a complete decision. You'd never know him and never experience this pain or know him, Mm. feel this horrific pain and learn to open your heart and keep going. What do you choose? And I said, oh, no. I will never give away the good times. Mm. I will get through this pain and I will learn how to move forward with my heart open. I made a decision at 16 years old that when I I love somebody, I'm going to say it. When I have an opportunity to hop on Uncle Phil's 18-wheeler semi from Canada down to LA on my way to Tokyo, I'm going to do it. When I have an opportunity to walk up and down a beach and stop hating my potty, I'm going to do it. So I just have this crazy courage to just take that first step. I don't wait around and wallow because that moment when I was 16, I just made this decision. What's the kind of life you're going to live? Are you going to shut down, be bitter, be fearful and check out? Or are you going to just sit in the fire, in the fire, in the fire, all the fires and learn how to open your heart and keep going? Which one are you going to choose? Are you going to live or die? You know, you've got a choice. Like when I worked with Lisa Gibbons and she was going on Dancing with the Stars, you know, we worked on loving her thighs, just beautiful thighs, but it's all a point of view, right? Mm. So what would it take to look at your thighs and go, thank you for every audition you walked me in and out of. Thank you for those three children I birthed. Thank you for the the going and helping my parents who are dying of Alzheimer's. Thank you, thighs, for walking me in and out of every Mm. day of my life. It's just a shift in point of view, right? So that's what I encourage you to do. Just start with one baby step, seeing through the eyes, maybe not of light going from hate to love. It's kind of a big jump. Mm. But could we just go to, hi, I'm so sorry. Hi, sweet thighs. Hey, sweet thing. Hey, sweetheart. Talking to your heart. Hey, sweet little you who I've been bashing that's not thin enough, young enough, rich enough, whatever. I'll sit in the closet with you where I've ditched you Mm -hmm. in shame and in avoidance and judgment. I'm not going to go into that closet and go, okay, chop, chop, let's be positive. No, because that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go in that closet. I'm going to throw away the key and I'm going to sit with you and apologize and listen and acknowledge and validate for eternity. And do you actually do that out loud? Yeah. And the key is if you go in with an agenda, it never works. If you go in with a strategy, we're just going to get you in shape now. We're just going to get you positive now. We're just going to get you to let go of the past now. That says how you are is not okay. And that's judgment. And what you resist persists. And that little you is like, I I, I can feel you coming. Mm -hmm. You want me to be different. You don't love me unconditionally. You love me conditionally. So you have to be willing to go in that closet and sit with this aspect of yourself, even if they never change. For eternity.
1: Mm.
0: When that little you knows that you're willing to stay there and love them as they are without fixing them, changing them forever. Oh, oh, you really do love me. That's the magical moment when we stop trying to control and just let go. That's when these aspects of self come home and we don't seek control anymore. We don't seek looking good anymore. We don't seek, of course, we'd like to look good and, and that's a preference and that's fine, but it's different than a need. That's how we take our power back. And you think back. right now people feel
1: like they need it when they really don't.
0: Well, when you're empty, you do need it because you're dying inside and you and you go for the, the, the Facebook like. You go for more money in the bank. You go for the guy's mm. attention on you because you're, you're empty and you're looking out there for what you need. But that's only ever temporary. And once you get it, you got to keep it. Or it's going to fall away, right? So you're always going to be a little on edge. You're always going to be a little bit strategizing. You're never going to be fully you because you've got to keep it in order to be okay. Mm. I'm suggesting that that's backwards. That's a miswiring. I was miswired massively. And the rewiring is, wait a minute, if that doesn't work, what does? Mm -hmm. Finding the safety inside. Finding the approval inside. Finding the allowance the acceptance, the forgiveness, the coming home inside. It's a different reality.
1: And this really ties into the thing that really shocked me when I read it, because everyone, like, as I'm reading, start reading about you, okay, the intimacy expert, I'm thinking, okay, page one and things that you talk about, your videos, the first thing I'm going to see is, like, this is how you're intimate with your partner. And the first thing I came across with you is, like, you have to be intimate with yourself first. Totally. Dude, that hit me really hard. Good. Um, Talk to me a little bit more about that. Is that the closet and lock the door thing for you? Yes. Okay. That's this
0: intimate relationship with ourselves. So here we are wanting to be paid attention to. We want connection. But we're not even connected with Mm ourselves. We're not even paying attention to ourselves. Oh, he lies on me and cheats on me. Well, when's the last time you told the truth to you? When have you cheated on yourself and not been there for her when she was scared? When she was ashamed when she was really angry, did you listen to her? Or did you just tell her to shut up? Because girls don't don't girls don't do that, right? So anything that's going on out there is literally a scientific holographic projection of what's going on on the inside out there. The responsibility piece is okay. Where am I doing that to myself? Mm. And not judging self. That doesn't do any good either. Right. Just this curiosity of okay, I've been ghosting myself. <laughs> I haven't been there consistently for myself. I do my morning practice one out of seven mornings. And I'm wondering why I don't feel centered. And I spin all the time. Oh, got it. All right. I'm going to make myself more of a priority. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn to love my wobbly hot mess as much as my triumphant badass. Because each part of us, dark and light, is equally valuable and worthy. Our worth is not our bank account or the size of our ass. And those are awesome things to accomplish and achieve. And I'm all about accomplishment and achievement, but that's not
1: our worth. is Is that what you did then, because um your story of your your ex-husband being extremely wealthy, and you felt like that that made you feel worthless. yeah. is that um what you then is that where you discovered yourself worth? That's one of them. Yeah, that's a great
0: place where I thought my worth was based on how much money I'd saved. I'd saved fifty five thousand dollars. And I was so proud of myself, and he was negotiating one point three million. And I don't know why I decided, but because I was miswired and that's where worth was found, I'm not as worthy. I compared and then I put myself down. So, the rewiring with the way we speak to our little you inside to bring ourselves home with this intimate relationship of allowance, transparency, honesty, kindness, compassion, understanding, validation to not try to fix ourselves on the inside, but to seek to understand, mm. seek to make this part inside of us feel safe, seen acknowledged that we've always done our best. Always. And then as a combined unit, as oneness inside, as this intimate relationship comes home inside, we've made contact with self. We're whole. We're present. We're in our centered place. We're not
1: spinning in our mind trying to control the outside. We're, We're full. And then we choose in everything that I read about you all your videos you always say you decided to not have self-worth in you like you take ownership of that and Polly. then you decided to change it yes like the fact that you said I decided to not have self-worth mm. that was so powerful mm. because the ownership that you take over your situation speaks my language mm. um how did you come to that conclusion that it is basically in your control, both sides of the equation, right. the negative as well as the success. Yeah. Um, and then how do you keep using it? Yeah.
0: Well, I i wanted a man to save me. I was a very good damsel in distress, one of the best. Okay. I wanted anything I could do to not take responsibility. I wanted to blame. I wanted people to just help me. I, I, at the core of it all, I didn't believe I could do it. So that's why that whole dynamic was in place. Need, want, hope, desire, uh, wish, all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't going very well. And the worst part turned into the best gift. I remember with all that debt that you spoke of. And I wanted my dad to help me and he wouldn't. Hmm. And I wanted my sister to help me and she wouldn't. And my mom was dead. So I thought the only way to get myself out of this was to prostitute my energy, was to damsel in distress, neediness, strategize, and then none of it worked. And I hated everybody. Mm. Oh my goodness, they've they've abandoned me. And I was just like the drama of drama queens. And then I sat there and I go, well, this isn't going very well. (laughs) This isn't going very well. And hating myself isn't going very well. Hating everybody else isn't going very well. What else is possible? And it was like this part of myself woke up from the inside out. Like, we're going to have to really take responsibility here. We're going to have to absolutely have total forgiveness, total compassion, and total, we got this. Mm. We got this. Let's get to work. And it was quite a profound moment to start taking responsibility and realize the only word that works is choice. Intention. Decision. Similar words. But no more hoping, wishing, wanting. No more being a victim. No. I'm in charge. Mm -hmm. I got this. And slowly but surely, step after step, willing to not be ashamed of myself and just to go, look, this is it. Would you be willing to help me? And I found people to help me in one step in front of the other and debt-free and rebuilding my life and all sorts of wonderful things have occurred since then. And it's the power of choice. It's kind of like 99.9% is ineffective because you've got that 1% foot out the door waiting to be saved. It's 100% or nothing. So is that what you said to yourself? Like, I'm going all in. Burn the bridge or this isn't working. And I really believe when you think about science, 211 degrees is not boiling. It's not until it's 212, Mm. state change, boiling, all in. So 99.9% doesn't work. It has to be all in, burn the bridge choice. And everything that's been waiting there to support you can't when you're at 211. Then shazam. This new reality, miracles, magic happens. But you've got to be willing to do the work without judgment
1: of self or blame of other. And how do you actually do that? So, like, I know that over time, once you get one win, it encourages you to do it again. Sure. But let's say that very first time. How do you do that? Well you stop getting on
0: the phone blaming your father and your sister and you instead make a phone call to a, a sales course to learn how to sell your coaching program and when they say it's $8000 and the payment plan the down the deposit is $1000 and you say I don't have $1000 can I have a payment plan on the deposit and they say sure and you put down a 100 a, a month until you get the down payment done and then you get in the program like this is
1: literally what mm. I did
0: like I was ashamed and I showed up and I knew what I needed and I didn't even have,
1: I literally had a payment plan for the deposit. That's so my But because you had told yourself you're all in, I'm doing this. when they told you, yeah. you needed a deposit because this is very important. Most people, yeah, when they're told, hey, you need a thousand dollars deposit. And if you don't have it, they'll be like, oh, well, I just can't do it then. Right. Yeah. And they'll stop. Was it the fact that you told yourself I'm, I'm all in? I'm doing no this. Right. No, there's a, my son's life was on the line. He
0: was in 5150, which is when they say they want to kill themselves and the state takes your child away in the back of a police car and they're no longer your property. So like this is what's going on in the background. Mm. And I need to figure this shit out because I'm not going to lose him. Mm. So when they say it's $1,000, you say there's no burning. There's, there's, I burned the bridge. You can't go back. I go, OK, so what else is possible? Can I do it? And then can I do a payment plan on the on the deposit? Which means I didn't start the training for six months because I had to pay 100 bucks a month just to handle the deposit before the main payments. But I didn't give up. You just you just don't go back. You just don't let yourself go back. And whether you need to come up with the imagining that you're going to die in a year, the imagining that someone's taken your child, whatever you need to imagine to find that fervor, we all have it. It's in all of us. We're all made of the same stuff. And so that's what inspired me. Yeah. Those are the kind of practical choices that I actually made to turn things around.
1: That's so valuable because I think that, you know, giving people an exact example of what you had to overcome um, is extremely powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Welcome. Um, I actually heard so there's a book called Atomic Habit. I don't know if you've read it. No. Um, In there, there's this one example that they say is that there's two people and they they used to be smokers and they're both trying to quit. Yeah. And one guy offers both of these people a cigarette. One person turns around and says, No, I don't smoke. The other person says, I'm trying to stop. Which one do you think broke? Well, obviously. Right. Yeah. And they're both in the same situation, but it's the story they're telling themselves. Correct. Right. Like if you're all in, I don't smoke. Mm -hmm. that's an all-in story that's an all-in response yeah and if you can lock that in like i said earlier with the four
0: elements into your brain Mm -hmm. so i don't smoke as a thought see the image you're not smoking feel the confidence that you're not smoking feel the body sensations and posture i don't smoke and lock it in on a daily basis as opposed to the trying because that's the one looking back to the bridge right right Mm -hmm. yeah So that that moment when my friend died, it was like, you could be a pity party about this or we're going to learn how to open our heart and keep going. That was one of those choice moments where I burned the bridge. So over and over, that kind of um, way of being and learning all the quantum psychology processes that can support us in this, this is how I've done it. But it doesn't mean I don't wobble. Of course. I wobble. I do the fetal position. But I also get my ass to pole dancing class Mm -hmm. and surround myself with women that support one another. I also do whatever my practices are I give my clients. I won't give it unless I've already done it. So when I say you need to masturbate, self-pleasure, every night for 30 nights, I wouldn't ask them to do that unless I do it myself to see what happens when we love our body for a whole month straight. Mm. Right? These are practices that bring us out of the head back into loving ourselves, caring for ourselves, connecting with ourselves. Not just to quote-unquote get off, but to go, I deserve Touch, pleasure, love, care, attention. That nourishes our well-being. So it's not just my badass side. I also nourish my tender, patient, caring side. I nourish my sensual side. Like there's all these flavors of the feminine that need to be awakened. Mm-hmm. My goofy, dorky side, dressing in a costume with my son, going to the carnival in a costume and it's not Halloween because he wants to. It's July, sure. I'm a (laughs) swamp queen, dressed in green, and here we go. Like, those are the dorky moments. Mm. All the aspects of self to to awaken our feminine nature.
1: Why do you think the sexual side of it is so hard for women to naturally embody? Because even with the silliness, like, it's definitely way easier for me to, like, have gone silly than to, like, you know, understand my body and Mm. think about my sexuality. Mm. So why is it difficult for women to... That almost to be the last thing that we think of. And then I've got a great follow-up question. Oh, very good. I think it's
0: two-pronged. One, society. We've got a society that is way out of whack with sexuality. And the truth is sexuality is sacred. Our bodies are divine temples. Sexual energy is life force energy. It's what spins the planet. It's what's breathing us. It's what blossoms a flower. It's beautiful. We're not taught that. We're taught bound chicka bound bow and like use it as a manipulation and like the so that's one of the reasons we don't go there because we haven't been taught its true nature. Mm-hmm. The other aspect of it is that it requires such safety to surrender and to tap into. Mm-hmm. And if our lives are busy and the kids need something and the bills need to be paid, we don't feel safe. So how can you surrender? I remember when I first started dance class, the only way I touched myself, Lisa, was to to turn him on. Or to be sexier than her. Inches than... Competition
1: for the... Yeah.
0: I didn't know how to touch myself just to touch myself. I mean, I cried for the first six months of my pole dancing class because as we would stretch, they would ask us to touch our leg the whole way down to our ankle. And it was like my calf was screaming, where have you been for 30, 40 years? Waiting? So you would just cry? I would cry. Wow. Sob, Because I was so disconnected. I was so judgmental of my body not being good enough. Mm. And it was a commodity to get safety to get approval to get something it wasn't a divine temple yet it always was of course but Mm. my relationship wasn't so to create these moments where we just not even to get off or to have like quote-unquote sexual pleasure but just to have connection just to have transparent intimate safe home with our body but when you really start to go oh wow i didn't know i could my vagina was clenched in a permakegel I didn't know. I was shoulders clenched over to protect my heart that got betrayed by my last relationship. I didn't know my whole posture was aligned with protecting myself of when the next attack's going to come. It's it's lodged in our body, but as you move, as you dance, as you touch, as you have a bath, as you self pleasure, you'll come up against a wall of terror. Be with yourself, breathe. I got you, girl. I got you, body. I got you, sweet thing. Right? And you start to bridge through, break through. Surrender through, dissolve through, melt through, and you come more and more home to this safety and sanctuary on the outside that if you practice over time, you can reach within just a few breaths and come home again. I think 43 million Americans are on antidepressants because we don't know how to be with our aloneness. I love being alone. I might be alone, but I'm not lonely Mm. from these practices over all these years with my body, with the space, with the earth. With my inner self, my little you, listening to my higher self. And it feels like home. It feels like my team, my posse on the inside and on the outside. Mm. Yeah. But
1: what else did you notice that it had a knock on effect? Mm. Um, money. Oh, okay. Let's talk Where about have you that. Been I lately? did not expect you to, uh, to say that as oh, your really? answer. Yeah. I expected like confidence, well, sure, things like that. So, yes. but like, talk to me about that then. Yeah.
0: Well, I hated money. Because where were you when I needed you? Okay. Where were you when I was 250 grand in debt? Where were you, blah, 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 blah? Because I was mad at it. And I didn't see money as energy. Hmm. I didn't see it as this energy that was swimming around me, wanting to support me to fuel my purpose. Because I wasn't concerned about my purpose. I was concerned about getting out of debt and being safe. Right. Right? And so my vibration was so low and judgmental and poor me and victim. It couldn't come play and swim and support and fuel like the wind in my wings. Right. And Excuse me, as I started to have this intimate relationship with money and I literally started to have a date with my computer bank account and I would literally pour a glass of wine, put some lip gloss on and some heels and I would sit down and I'd be like, I don't I don't want to look at how much is in there. Like, did you know that when there's no money in your bank account and it's negative that the, that the lightning doesn't strike? I was sure that's what would happen. Hmm. It was so scary at times when there was no money and it would go negative. And I was sure that the walls would come crashing in and the, and the thunder and lightning would kill me. But it didn't. I just had to take responsibility for it. Mm. it. So I would learn to sit there and look at the numbers and not judge. I'd start to breathe. I would open my heart. And I would just start to say, okay, I don't love you yet. But I'm not going to talk mean to you anymore. Just the same way I talk to my butt. Mm. No different. Mm. Just the same way I talked to little you in the closet. And do you really put lipstick on and high heels? I'm on. I'm one of these crazy uh, people. I do. I have little notes so, all over my house and I do
1: all these things like for real. So the dressing up so that you can sit there and talk to your bank account is specifically trying to put you in a mental state that allows you. to eat Okay.
0: With my lover.
1: Okay. It's so you're opening up your heart instead of closing it.
0: Yes. Whoa, that's fascinating. I mean, going I'm going not- on a date with this guy that's been ditching me and ghosting me and cheating on me and leaving me and not being around, who I'm pissed at, but it's not doing any good. Huh. So what if I gussy up, feel beautiful, apologize, get curious... Start to be in communication again. Talk to my money like it's my date. Mm. And he starts to say, Well, I haven't been around because you haven't been very nice to me. You haven't been like managing me well. You haven't been responsible. We need to have more respect, Mm. more communication. We need to have a more honoring, integrous relationship. And I would sit there and I go, You're right, we do. Thank you. Sip my wine, feel my worth, be grateful for my date. Thank you. And I would keep doing this date with money. Until he became not a guy that was like mad at me, but a guy that was willing to work with me. Mm. Like a real boyfriend, like a real lover. I think probably it helped me to not hate my ex. I could have become very bitter with men, right? Mm -hmm. That would have been easy. So I think having a new relationship with money, support, protection, providing masculinity was important. So I'm being trained in the next level of my abundance. And I'm sure in your life, with all the abundance you've had, being from the housewife to the businesswoman to the impact maker, all the the and the and fuzzy pillows and the deliciousness <laughs> and the high boots you have on, right? You've undergone a, a shifting relationship with money, I'm sure, over mm-hmm. time. So this is my journey with, yes. with my intimate relationship with money.
1: I've never heard that someone does it on a date. That's so freaking powerful. I love that so much because I'm thinking when I get dressed, yeah, I absolutely think about what is the feeling I want for me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Right now, do I want to feel badass? Do yes. I want to feel just like mushy and soppy? Yes. You know, like what is that that I want to embody and then dress accordingly? Right um but to do it for something like that i've never thought it's freaking genius girl
0: i love it thank you and we can also talk to the energy of our business like it's energy mm-hmm. we can have an intimate relationship with our purpose and our business mm-hmm. with our lover with our money with our body all these really everything's a relationship nothing exists in a vacuum mm. nothing everything is a relationship so to check am i in an intimate relationship in all these physical mental spiritual vocational financial social family romantic like look at all the areas of your Mm -hmm. life and rank it how intimately vulnerably transparently honestly raw real truthful from my core am i in all these areas of my life and what would it take to take it deeper
1: Mm, i like that question yeah what would it take to take it deeper Mm -hmm. yeah because i don't think we ever get there yeah no I don't either which yeah. I actually love yes I like the evolution yes um, but something you said so you could have taken um, from your first marriage hatred resentment towards men sure how do you let go because that's the one struggle that a lot of people have is that they've encountered a bad relationship yeah and they're so fearful of letting go of opening up because yes. they don't want to get hurt again they don't want
0: to when do I trust again yeah. how do I trust to again? talk to me about yeah. that yeah what I've discovered is that in our metaphysical personal growth world, we don't really give honor to anger. Now, don't get too angry because if we use anger at another, we can emasculate them. Not so good. And we've been treated, mistreated by anger. So we don't want to go there. And if we do anger against self, well, then we get depressed. So this anger just sort of gets stuck and it doesn't integrate. It doesn't transform, but we can't create or destroy energy. We can only change it. So there's this stuck energy of like anger there, which doesn't allow us to integrate it into confidence and knowing our intuition so that we can open our heart and have discernment and trust that they're going to be who they're going to be. And I can trust my intuition. And I can't control shit, but I can choose. Like that's where I get people to on the other side. But, but the- what if
1: your intuition's wrong?
0: I don't believe our intuition is wrong. I believe we have a block to our intuition. Okay. Your intuition is never wrong. That's the definition of intuition. It's your truth. It's your knowing. It's the divine talking in you as you, through you. If you just can't hear it right, that's the issue. And the blocks are energetic. Everything's energetic. Mm-hmm. And one of the main blocks is an unprocessed anger, fury, rage. How dare you? Because we don't know where to put this energy. Mm-hmm. We don't want to yell at another. We don't want to yell at ourselves. So it get stuck. So I have this process. And in this process, I go, okay, look. Who are you angry at? Put them on the stage. This is not the soul or the heart or the spirit of the person. It's just the shell that fucked you over. Just that part. That's who we're talking to, okay? Now, put your little you who just got screwed over, sit them right there. And on behalf of them, say to this person, how dare you? And I get them to finish the sentence like 10 or 15 times. And they We finally have permission in a healthy container to express this blocked anger, to get it out, Mm -hmm. to get it moving. And then we bring, now we bring the soul, the heart, the spirit of that person or the life lesson of that person or the reason why that person was in our life. And we sit in the throne as if we chose that experience ourselves. No victims here. Thank you for being such an asshole. Because now... I learned that I wasn't speaking my truth. Mm-hmm. And now I can. Thank you. Thank you for taking all of my money and putting me into banks or bankruptcy because I learned that I wasn't being responsible. I wasn't checking the books. Yeah. Thank you. And whatever it was they did, cheat on you, or whatever happened, thank you from the queen or king sitting with little you, safe and sound. And we we own it as if we chose it and we claim that lesson and we embody that lesson. That is a huge shift for people because i've been able to take that block of energy move it express it transform it into this higher vibration of growth compassion strength courage forgiveness whatever the the lesson was they can now let go Mm. and they can now open their heart because they no longer find that they need to trust them or not trust them on the outside you can't control the life don't think you can you're never going to be able to trust somebody only to be who they are that's basically what you can trust them to be. But what you can trust is your knowing. So as you deepen the relationship with little you and all the little yous, you go into contemplation. You go into meditation. You go into journaling. You go for a walk in nature. And you listen. What are you trying to tell me? Something's off. Got it. All right. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to be more cautious. I'm going to ask more questions. I'm not a hell yes, so I'm a hell no. Right? You, you, that's how we learn to strengthen our intuition, which is always right. And if it's ever been wrong, it's not that we can't trust ourselves. It's Mm -hmm. that we need to acknowledge that there's a block in the way and do your work to heal the block.
1: Wow. Excuse me. Wow. (laughs) I'm speechless. Um, That was awesome. And the
0: miracles that everything's energy, everything's waiting for us. We just need to, because asking it's given, right? But if we're not going to match the vibration, we can't experience it, receive it, have it, embody it right? Mm-hmm. So that's all we need to shift is all the, the images, thoughts, emotions, and body sensations where it's still locked in trauma, where it's still locked in these emotional triggers, these patterns. That's the biggest bang for your buck is to spend two or st- two or three steps in that'll allow you to take 10 steps forward. Mm-hmm. What you choose, you can actually manifest so much easier when you're not sabotaging yourself with this energy.
1: God, when you just said, like, you need to ask to then receive, like, yep. that's so important because I don't think we ask enough. You almost think, like, at, at least I never used to. It's like, oh, I can't ask for that. And I just mean about myself. Yeah. Right. Like, and ask as in, like, what do you dream of? Yes. Um. Mm. Not aiming too high i used to because it's like well i then don't want to disappoint myself it makes me feel badly about myself Mm. so then you stop asking well then of course if you stop asking you stop receiving right right well this ties back
0: to the worth piece Mm -hmm. so if our worth is based on achieving and succeeding at achieving of course we're not going to risk and ask for more because if we don't get it then we're not enough so you can ask and then you start to really have this co-creative relationship with the divine That if you ask for such and such, you can literally feel that connection and that explorative, curious delight when you slow down enough, when you have this intimate relationship with yourself. Mm. But when you don't do the work first here, you don't get to, one, have that core relationship with the divine. And then so much of our worth and our safety and our approval is on the result on the outside. And that's when we have trouble letting go, when we get attached to the result, when we suffer unnecessarily.
1: Mm. So, yeah, that's why I do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. There's one thing I really want to talk about, and this is purely selfish. Selfish. Um, it's Healthy, pole selfish. dance. Oh, yes. Pole dancing. Yeah. So what is it about pole dancing that is so empowering? Yeah. So I have done a couple of, like, 101 courses. Good. And I loved it so much. Yeah. It was one of the first times I kind of did it as a joke yeah. with, like, some friends. Yeah. And I was like, this is so empowering. Oh, Yes. That was a big part for me of owning your sexuality Yes, then really does lead into confidence that then spills over in every aspect of my life. Yeah. So um, do you feel the same about pole dancing? Yes. And what exactly is it then about it that allows me? Because when you look around, every woman there that is on that pole looks empowered. Yes, absolutely. I think it's... Uh
0: a symbol of really this divine relationship that I was just speaking Mm. of. So you've got this pole, this unwavering, stable pole, the divine, okay? And if you hold on too tight and you get attached to the result, you don't spin around with any elegance. But if you hold on too loosely and you don't claim it, you don't show up, you fall off. Mm. So there's this sweet spot between your relationship with you and the pole, your relationship with you and the divine, where you show up enough, but you surrender enough. Hmm. And when you continually do that in your body, not in your thought, cognitively analyzing how we should do this, when you just let go of thought and you just let your body take over and you let this energy swing you around the pole and you still choose to show up and you choose to get stronger and climb it and you choose to climb to the top and turn upside down and stamp your feet on the ceiling and slap your ass and slide back (laughs) down, the day you lose in court and then you go to class and you do that, Oh, was it like
1: then therapy for you?
0: Six years. I could not have gotten through 10 years of court without going two, three times a week. It was my church. It really was. Yeah. Because that's where I got out that anger. That's where I just Mm. crawled in the fetal position, just hanging onto the pole at the very bottom. That's where I learned to get back up again. Nothing's going to take me down, climb to the top and do that little move that I spoke of. And that's where I learned to trust in the unknown. By holding on and just walking around fast enough and fast enough until the only thing hanging on was one arm and my whole body was swinging through. But the divine had me. The Mm. divine had me. And I could just let go. It was so spiritually empowering for me. Well, girl, um, what is your superpower in fact? I would say my juiciness, my juicy connection to the divine. My willingness to experience the
1: deliciousness of the divine in my body juiciness and where can people find you and books and all the videos you're putting out all yeah, the incredible content thank
0: you my website is my name dot i have a podcast intimate Conversations, so you can watch a lot of great interviews and uh, this is just the way i love to love people all my products and books and the home study we spoke of is is there or people wanting to work with me privately yeah this is my
1: this is my life that's so cool yeah thank you All right, guys, part of um, why I was so excited for her to come on is because I really, really do believe that women's sexuality plays a massive part in all aspects of our lives, from business to friendships to partnerships. It is so important to me because I really did have to go through a sexual evolution of my own. And I really did see the knock-on effect and how that effectively um, improved every area of my life, from the relationship with my husband, to the relationship with my employees, to the growth of my company so I was very excited for her to come on go check out everything she's doing and if you're not following me follow me at Lisa And if you're not subscribed click that subscribe button down there guys and until next time go be the hero of your own life